Welcome to the Leadership Podcast, brought to you by LifeWest, the Chiropractic College. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Oberstein. And I'm your host, Dr. Mary Oberstein. And we're excited to have you join us as we bring special guests in the world of health, leadership, business success, and chiropractic. Our mission is to create a brighter future for humanity, and we are thrilled to walk this journey with you. Enjoy this episode, and thank you for being with us today. Well, hello, everybody. Dr. Ron Oberstein, President of Life Chiropractic College West, and welcome to another edition of our Life West Leadership Line. Today, from north of the border, north of, of at least the U.S. border, I have uh, a good friend of mine, Dr. Peter Amlinger. Peter, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, Ron. Yeah, appreciate yeah. giving me the time. Absolutely, I know we've been working this to get it to get our time synced up, but but it's good, it's great, you know, um, and it's great to have you. And I just want to, for the audience, I just want to share with you a little a little bit about Dr. Peter. He is a CMCC graduate, 1985, so that puts him about 38 years in practice. Um, also. I've uh, been in the same practice for 38 years. So he's a, a doc that's been in the trenches, but not just been in the trenches. He's been involved in a lot of things. He he speaks internationally, nationally and internationally, um, speaks on philosophy, speaks on, teaches on technique. Uh, he also has was involved with his regulatory board up in uh, Ontario, spent 20 years as a VP, president, you know, probably every committee they have there. So he's been involved politically. He's been involved on regulations. He's been involved, of course, lecturing and teaching. And, um, you know, he's been in it. And uh, and I'm really excited. We'll extract some very, uh, some very cool things. He's got a family-based practice, been doing the same thing, you know, uh, checking for neurological interference uh, when necessary, correcting it. And uh, we're just really, really excited to... Uh, to get into this. So Pete, it's great to have you, man. And let's, uh, let's jump in. Love it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. You know, 38 years, and I have to tell you, it's a beautiful time. You know, I'm 43 right now. And, uh, you know, but I've been in this seat for, you know, the last seven or whatever years. So it's been, you know, out of practice that long, but, but, you know, I know this, man, to be in there, there's gotta be some kind of a, a drive, you know, there's a mission, inside of that right you know we share with us share with us what your mission is or or just being mission driven and it, it's interesting because i think i've only I, I tell my people i've only worked two months in 38 years and that was at the beginning of the pandemic where i had to send my staff home and man the place myself and and seeing 170 in a day with no staff tires you out man so i'm really grateful for my staff i can tell you that but but um you know and the pandemic was a blessing because it really helped me understand and appreciate how deep my mission is within me you know and and um and my mission is to analyze and adjust subluxations in families to optimize their expression of life and um and we've been doing it, as you said, for 38 years. And it really started um, in an innately guided way, if you will, as a, 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 when I was led to the profession of chiropractic. So, um, 
it's a bit of a long story, so I apologize for that. But to the Reader's Digest version of it is that at the end of 11th grade, I was sitting in the guidance office of the all-boys Catholic high school I attended while the priests were in a meeting, and I happened to pick up a book, which was the CMCC course calendar, and I read the definition of chiropractic, and something inside me said, this is what you're supposed to do with your life. And I said, okay. And I went home. It was a Wednesday, I remember, and I told my mom I'm going to be a chiropractor, and she didn't say anything. And that Friday, she came back from the hairdressers, and she said, I was talking to the girls at the salon, and why don't you be an optometrist instead? (laughs) Which was perfect, because the way I was wired at the time, I said something I can't say on screen to myself, and I said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to be a chiropractor. And I became galvanized that I was going to be a chiropractor, not knowing what chiropractic really was all about. Yeah, that's amazing, you know, because when you look at that kind of a kind of a a story that, you know, we always talk about how, you know, we don't choose chiropractic, chiropractic chooses us, right? And that that's exactly what happened. You know, when BJ said, I will, I said, okay. And and so I became I went from a average student to a straight A student. got into university, was studying uh, pre-chiropractic, basically, was preparing for my interview at CMCC. And I thought, they're probably going to ask if I've ever been to a chiropractor, and I should probably be able to say yes. And I came from a medically oriented family. You know, my sister was a nurse, my older sister. So I went and found the closest chiropractor to campus that I could find. And I went to see him and he happened to be a really good guy, gave me a chiropractic philosophy book, started checking me and adjusting me. And, and, um, and, and, and that was my introduction to chiropractic and over the course of my first year of care. So, so I just went and started getting adjusted. What he didn't know was I had a headache every day of my life. And I would come home from school, take two aspirin and sleep for half an hour to an hour. I had chronic indigestion. I was probably the only university student in history who had to drink a beer with a Rolaid underneath their tongue just to put the fire out. And the doctor said I had a nervous stomach and I'd probably get ulcers someday. I had a bad knee that took me out of sport. The medical profession couldn't figure it out. So they said, just stop playing sport. So I did. And, uh, you know, just started getting out of shape. And, and then I had this weird thing where if I put my head down on the floor, and I had to because I was the youngest of six kids in a very small house, there was no room on the couch for me, but I would immediately get dizzy and see double. Yeah. And concurrently, I happened to get my first eye exam, and they said, you're blind in your right eye. You have no depth perception because your eyes turned and your brain has stopped processing information from your right eye when both eyes are open. So I started getting adjusted. And the first thing that happened was my headaches went away. And after about three months, my gut was better. Cast iron stomach to this day, my knee got better. I could start putting my head down and not get dizzy and see double. And six months after I got my prism glasses, which I never wore, I went back for a recheck at the optometry school And uh, lo and behold, my vision was coming back. So after a year of chiropractic care, 
I had 20, 20 uh, vision in both eyes with both eyes open and depth perception. Wow. So that, that happened before I got to chiropractic college. And it's like, wow, there's something to this thing that has called me. And that's what's fueled my vision ever since. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. But you know, it, it, it's beautiful. And, and to see that you were drawn to that, you know, you had this miracle, so to speak, happen, which we know it's not a miracle because when the body's out of balance, you know, it's not going to function well. When it's imbalanced, it'll, you know, always function well, right? To the to the to the potential it, it has available in it. Um but now, you know, 38 years, and and I think both of us can say this, you know, with our years in practice or our years as, as chiropractors, you know, that it's not just like this, you know, there's always the peaks and valleys of life and always things that happen, but something keeps fueling that and keeps it going, right, yeah. for that mission, right? Like 100%. And so, and and I early in my practice, even before I was in a chiropractor, I, I started working with native elders. And I had one elder in particular named Art Gibson, who is the grand chief of the Watha Mohawk Nation. And he said, Peter, don't take anything I give you at face value. Go out and prove it or disprove it to yourself. Not unlike BJ said, I'm going to prove chiropractic's 100% right or 100% wrong. And I don't care which answer I get. I just going to get the answer. So I went out and said, I'm going to prove this chiropractic principle right or wrong, uh, just like BJ did, as Art advised me to. And it just keeps proving itself right. So took my mom off her deathbed twice with a, chiro- with a right uh, axis adjustment, knee chest adjustment. My, my wife came into my office weighing 83 pounds, uh, treatment-resistant bulimic, and I told her the chiropractic story, started adjusting her, and in six months, she healed herself where she couldn't get well in the best of the best treatment centers. And she would tell you if she was here with me that it didn't happen overnight, but with each adjustment and time, something started bubbling up inside her, and it was called self-love. And that's what allowed her to get over her eating disorder. So the principle just keeps proving itself, improving itself, improving itself. And I always tell my people, you know, I'm never surprised, but I'm always amazed because the principle is an amazing thing. So what keeps my mission fresh and fueled is, is that I just keep looking for evidence of universal intelligence wherever I go, God. And, and I keep looking for the expression of innate intelligence through living matter wherever I go, and it's everywhere. And so it just keeps me fired up, whether it's watching, you know, the flowers in our garden grow six inches in a day. It's like, how does that happen? Or as I told you when we were chatting before the call, have a little girl, autistic, nonverbal coming in, couldn't get nearer. And after six visits, she comes in, she crawls up into my arms. I check her lower spine as I'm holding her, hugging her. I lay her on the table. I check her atlas adjuster. She says, thank you. My power's on. Mm. So she's now got words and her parents say, not only does she have words, they're appropriate to what's going on. And it's like, how can you not stay excited when that's going on? So that's part one. Part two is I've been blessed to um, run into people at the right time 
uh, as if, you know, innate just put innate put Clay Thompson in front of me five years into practice. And I learned Thompson technique from Clay. I met John Grostick Jr. at the same time. I met Michael Kale all through this guy named Sid Williams, which is what you and I share in common. I've worked with Sigafus and Santo and Chuck Ribley. So I've had all these people who have made um, the protection and the expression and the expansion of the understanding of this principle of ours, their life's work. And so I've sat at their feet and learned from them and, and just been in this, this community, which is now an international community of principal chiropractors who are dedicated at the same goal, which is, glorifying the principle mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing it's amazing you know and when you look at that you talk about the principle we talk about people moving you know whatever they are whether they're 20 years in practice 10 years in practice 30 years or 50 years in practice right i i, I had the honor of having roy sweat on the show and uh you know i think it was about a month or two before he passed and i mean 94 whatever he was years old still going to the office i mean yeah. just freaking incredible you know and and yet i believe that you know there's adaptability that has to come into play right always you know because we always whether stressed or adapt you know it's always something that kind of pushes on us you know or at least perceived like that you know i'd love to hear your thoughts about that well and i think i think you bring up a really important point and and my observation is a lot of people and a lot of chiropractors are making stress the enemy. And the bottom line is stress is essential for growth, right? If you're into resistance training, if you don't stress those muscles to exhaustion, you don't grow. You know, I train Taekwondo. If I don't push myself when I'm stretching, I don't expand my flexibility. A blade doesn't sharpen unless it's stressed by the the friction of the stone. So stress is essential for growth. And and if you can adapt to a stressor in your life on on any level, it will foster a growth opportunity. So stress isn't the bad guy. And, And I would contend that when we were, you know, cave dwellers and we didn't have fire, and we didn't have food and 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 we were part of the the cycle of life i don't necessarily believe in the food chain because you know because i know a tick can take me out right so but i i believe in the cycle of life so so back then we had just as much stress it was just different stress than we have today the response is still the same so it's really then about who can adapt best he who adapts best she who adapts best thrives and and that and that's really the beauty of chiropractic we can't eliminate stressors in people's lives but we can help increase what i call their adaptability quotient absolutely you know there was this great canadian gentleman named hans Selye, you know who wrote yep. a book you know the stress of life you know talking about the different type the two different types of stress there's you stress right which is like holidays and you know birthdays and weddings and things like that you know and then there's distress which you know is we all know deaths and death in the family uh you know accidents whatever might happen might be happening but regardless of the stress our body adapts the same way 100 percent. and and i think a part of that is how you perceive the stress right yeah. so I mean, I remember, I think the researchers' names were Holmes and Ray, and, and, and so they arbitrarily 
assigned the death of a loved one as the most stressful thing anyone could endure. And then they ranked different stressors in lives, moving, getting married, getting divorced, getting a job, losing a job. And, and so they created this arbitrary scale to try and predict who and when would develop a stress-related illness. And and my my I looked at it and it's like one person could look at their move and be excited about moving into a new home uh, to give new opportunities to their family. Somebody else could just look at all the work involved and, be, and it could become a distressor for so one of my rules and I don't I travel light, um, but I, I still carry a few rules of life with me and one of them is that nothing's a crisis or a tragedy unless I choose not to learn from it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, my brother Paul committed suicide back in 1997. And one of my, my greatest messages, which I still deliver to this day, came through me as I was processing his death. And, and so his death became a wonderful moment in that I downloaded this talk. So his death became a gift to me. And I'm still sad he's gone, but it became a meaningful and positive experience and, and allowed me to stay in gratitude for it. Yeah. And, you know, so so it's all about how we perceive it. That's the first key to adaptability, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that we, as humans, we need to understand that no matter what we're doing, we're always adapting. It's just at what level are we adapting? Are we adapting at 100%? Are we adapting at 60%? And where that adaptability comes from is our, is our you know, physical, mental, um, spiritual ability to be able to bring all that together, right? And of course, that's what we do when we unite, you know, through the adjustment when you're, that's the whole purpose of uniting man and woman, the physical with, you know, man and woman, the spiritual, right? It's, that's, that's the whole, you know, the, that's what healing is. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside, right? Correct. That's what healing is. one of my favorite quotes is that on the cover page of volume 18, subluxation specific adjustment specific, it's from Alexander Cannon's The Invisible Influence. Mankind is seething with unrest right now, looking not for a specialist in this, that, or the other, but rather one who recognizes man as spirit, mind, and body, and realizes that you can't touch one without touching all three. Right. Right. And so what the natives in the native philosophy, they teach that we are first a spirit. Right. I would say first we're a twinkle in the creator's eye right he loved us into existence and and then we became a spirit and our physical body is an expression of that spirit and our mind is an expression of that spirit so when you start it's the most beautiful expression of the spirit mind body unification right it, it's not a separate thing and so when we look at that, what integrates spirit, mind, and body, it's obviously our neurology. So it, it, it gives us in an instant the opportunity to realize how incredibly important chiropractic care is for humanity to keep that person connected to themselves and to source and through that to all of creation. And that's what then allows a person to adapt in an, in an innately guided fashion. Mm -hmm. And so it's about 
than feeling our way through life and using all our faculties, our mind, our, our innate, and our physical body to, to move through experiences and adapt. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And and really, that's what it is. And I think I think that if, I know that if, you know, people were to understand that at a deep level and practice with that within them, you know, we would move out of this, you know, some people have a musculoskeletal model. That's cool. I'm, no, no judgment on that. That's cool. Others have a neuromusculoskeletal model, which yeah. is totally different, right? You know, because the musculoskeletal is just joints and nothing, nothing talking about the nervous system, which I don't think you can have a musculoskeletal problem without the nervous system. But you move on the progression of the ladder, you know, where you can finally get to that space of if I just create, if I just create this, this communion, right, of body and spirit or of, you know, the person within themselves, it doesn't matter what it's called, that People can then become whole, right? Bill Bain talked about this for years. You know, people can then become whole or bring their human, connect their human to their being, right? And have become an actual human being. And, and you know, I know we play on a lot of different levels. You know, you've got someone coming in, like you mentioned, a little girl with autism, you know, and the parents might be coming in for something different, regardless of what you're addressing, this, with the principle, it's still going to happen with or without the yeah. principle. It's still going to happen. So we always have to relate to our people at whatever level they are and educate them to kind of bring them up, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's such a beautiful thing to live by, you know. Yeah. And, and to your every muscle and joint in the body has a mechanoreceptor in it. So there always has to be a neuronal component. It's just basic biology. So and and anything other than that's just a lie unfortunately you know it's, i'm just telling it like it is I, I used to have this spectrum which i think i spoke about at the wave one year of six sort of levels of, of the spectrum of chiropractic care from uh reductionistic to creationistic which is how i framed it up and it just became simpler and you touched upon it to me in the past six or eight months and so if you're talking about the bones and the joints it makes you a mechanic and there's nothing wrong with that, right? And you'll have you'll attract a me mechanical clientele and have a mechanical practice. If you're talking about the nervous system, it makes you like an electrician. Mm -hmm. and, and so you'll have a more diverse practice. People will come in with different uh, presenting issues and whatnot, and you'll explain it in a neurological matter, manner, rather. So, and, and that's great. You know, and then if you talk about the expression of life, it moves you in the realm of becoming a healer. And that's vital. And it, it took me a long time to get my head around this because I have in big, bold letters on my wall in my office, along with my mission statement, the power that makes the body heals the body. Thank you, Chuck Ripley, for that and many others. So it's there and it's front and center. And and I and every new patient, I turn to it and say, this is what we work with in the clinic. Right. And then I explain. So, so it's like I'm telling them all healing comes from above, down, inside out. But then I recognize when I'm talking about the expression of life, I'm moving into the realm of a healer. And, and so it just... 
it, it's just the fact that universal intelligence of whatever you want to refer to that as I'm comfortable with God. So when God loved me into existence, he gave me some gifts and there are spiritual gifts. Uh, one of them being the gift of healing through the touch and through the word. And, and so, uh, so I now recognize and accept that I and you and anyone who's been called to chiropractic has has been given the gift of healing. Yeah. And so we then have a responsibility to develop that gift. And really the development of that gift involves the stripping away of all ego and just becoming a clean vessel that spirit can work through to express its healing power. The spirit that moves in and through all things works through you and I and, and creates that sacred experience, which we call the healing experience, the chiropractic adjustment. So now, so now that I've got, I've, I've worked with it in my head, I can reconcile the fact that healing can only come from above down inside out. But part of that process is, is universal intelligence working through me from above, down, inside, out, as I'm in this open-hearted space. So, so true healing is when the chiropractor, uh, who is part of the healing environment, becomes this clean, hollow vessel, this open-hearted being that that universal intelligence, the spirit that moves through all things, can work through from above down inside out and move into the patient and connect with the patient's innate removing the interference and reconnecting the patient to source and and so that's the dance that we all get to participate in every time we put our hands on people and um and and so when you have this understanding of it it's 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 pretty easy to get out of bed at four thirty in the morning to get ready to go into the office. Absolutely, but and I think that absolutely, and I think that it's important that no matter what place you're playing in chiropractic, like we talked about, whether it's you know neuromusculoskeletal or anywhere along, whether you're a, a mechanic, an electrician, you know whatever it is, it's still happening, and you're still playing with that space. You know, and, and I know this to be true. And I feel this so strongly that that, you know, I don't think that people should see just one chiropractor. You know, I mean, I think people should have someone when they have sports problems, go see a sports chiropractor. You know, I, me personally, I, you know, I felt that I was a you know, I give myself an A or, you know, always have to keep it advancing as a chiropractor, but at least an A. But I wouldn't see myself for low back pain because I didn't attract that in. So I didn't play with that a lot. Right. I would go see somebody else. Right. I wouldn't see me, but looking at that, no matter what level you're at, and I'm not saying level like this up and down, just level across, you know, cause there's no right or wrong. We're never there. Correct. We're all playing with it. We're all playing with the same ball, you know, the, the same ball of fire it just depends on where we want to throw it and how it's working. And, you know, how about looking at the title DC uh, as doctor of context, because I don't care, you know, as as spiritually focused as I am, there are times in my office, in my day, every day where I have to move down and just become a bit of a mechanic for a person. If that's what their level of understanding of chiropractic is, I must meet them there first. 
and they need to be heard there before they'll be open to anything else I have to say. And so if so, if they're there, that's where I meet them. If they're, you know, if they're ready for the electrical analogy, that's where I meet them. If they're there uh, and ready for the power that makes the body, heals the body, that's where I meet them. And, you know, because I've been doing it for 38 years and I have a referral-driven office, most of my people come in at the electrician level or the life expression level. And, and But that's just because of the relationships I've built over the years. And Absolutely. And the referrals that you get from people who understand what you do, who've been with you for a period of time, or whether it's a short period of time or not, who are, el- who are eligible to receive that level. It's also who you attracted, right? So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful profession. You know, it's like, you know, we got people who can fish for, for trout and we got people who can fish for marlin and we got, and there's no judgment. It's just like, whatever we're doing, yeah. no matter what we think our intention is, the intention is already set by what we do to make this connection even more grander. And it's going to happen without us even thinking about it. Right. Yeah. And and that's where, if I'm honest, I believe the leadership of the profession in many jurisdictions needs to get on board. Um, I realized very quickly when I went down to the regulatory college and I went down there for selfish reasons. I, I went down to, make sure that my my children's children children could receive a proper chiropractic adjustment when they needed it going forward and realizing the regulatory college the licensing board is where the rules are made that determines what you and i get to do in our practice and so i went down there to protect my right to practice the way i love to practice and it hit me really quickly like if i'm here for that reason and somebody else is across the boardroom table for me, and they're there because they want to protect their right to practice, then I got to respect that. And that's where my respect for the diversity grew. And and so, so it then becomes important that our leadership recognizes it and embraces it, and we are able to foster a culture at the regulatory college where we could, I see many organizations and and institutions where that's not fostered necessarily. And it's a really, it's this way and everything else is dogmatic or not evidence-based or whatever. And and that's just wrong. I think that's people who are, are, you know, we need servant leaders in our profession. And and you're an example of one. And, And you're probably one because of the servant leader who mentored you named Sid Williams, Jerry Klum. We, you know, we look at Chuck Ribley, Sigafoos. We look at Dick Santo. All those men were servant leaders. And so it just rubbed off on you and I because we sat at their feet and learned from them when we were young pups in the profession. But a servant leader to me who's somebody who steps into a position of leadership, and in my experience, they don't go looking for it. It finds them. Like I had never set a goal to become a president of a regulatory college. Right. But I was there and my, my only focus as a leader was to glorify the principle that we work with every day. I was there to, to lead my organization in a way that respected and, and that promoted and glorified the chiropractic principle. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, man, you know what? We could go on and on. 
you know, Peter, but uh, but we've got to come to a close. And um, and I love how we just closed because really, no matter what, like you said, whether you're an electrician, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're, you know, life expressionist, you know, we're all glorifying the principle in everything that we do, just like as human beings, right? We're all walking a path. Yeah not be the same path but we're all you know we're all here to make a to make a change or make a dent you know in ourselves therefore in humanity therefore you know just kind of the trickle down effect but dude i i love you i appreciate you and i appreciate all that you brought to the table today and uh you know for our group uh for our viewers we had a power outage over in uh mississauga uh so you see peter in a different light right here in a different room because boof all of a sudden we had a power outage so we had to kind of regroup but that go, speaks to adaptability, and uh, and I just want hundred percent. It is, and I just want to share something to, uh, to our viewers. Thank you. I just, you know, I really want to just acknowledge you for you know checking in with us week in and week out, and all the shows that we're doing, whether it's the Life West Leadership Line that I'm doing, you know, today with Dr. Peter Amlinger, or you know, it's it's the Life by Life West that my wife Mary and I do together uh, with you know practitioners who are anywhere from brand new out of school all the way up to like 15 years of practice but by you sharing it truly just makes a difference you know to the next person and i you know what peter said he had a bunch of jewels a bunch of diamonds that came out today and i think it's going to take a few listenings to really kind of grasp them um but take the time and digest it i think this is part of our growth it's just one bit of food for the nourishment that we have as we start to grow ourselves in our profession and and literally change the world so thank you and uh for Dr. Peter and myself, we're going to bid you adieu, and and uh, I'll see you at either our next uh, Life West Leadership Line or uh, Life by Life West. So until then, keep hugging those around you. Uh, keep telling people that they are more powerful. You know, their bodies are more powerful than they were ever led to believe. And keep remembering, as Dr. Peter said, the power that made the body heals the body. So until we see you again, bye-bye. Thank, Thank you for, for joining, joining us today. today. And, and for, for the, the love commitment, and passion you emanate every day. Together, we know we will make this world a better place.